Lumen Gentium, section 30. Having described the functions of the hierarchy, the Holy Council is pleased to turn its attention to the state of those Christians who are called the laity. Everything that has been said of the people of God is addressed equally to laity, religious, and clergy. Certain matters refer especially to the laity, both men and women, however, because of their situation and mission, and these must be examined in greater depth, owing to the special circumstances of our time. The sacred pastors, indeed, know well how much the laity contribute to the well-being of the whole church. For they know that they were not established by Christ to undertake by themselves the entire saving mission of the church to the world. They appreciate, however, that it is their exalted task to shepherd the faithful and at the same time acknowledge their ministries and charisms so that all in their separate ways, but of one mind, may cooperate in the common task. For it is necessary that all doing the truth in love must grow up in all things in him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is supplied, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. Section 31. The term laity is here understood to mean all the faithful, except those in holy orders and those who belong to a religious state approved by the church. All the faithful, that is, who by baptism are incorporated into Christ, are constituted the people of God, who have been made sharers in their own way in the priestly, prophetic, and kingly office of Christ, and play their part in carrying out the mission of the whole Christian people in the church and in the world. To be secular is the special characteristic of the laity. Although people in holy orders may sometimes be engaged in secular activities or even practice a secular profession, yet by reason of their particular vocation, they are principally and expressly ordained to the sacred ministry. While religious bear outstanding and striking witness that the world cannot be transfigured and offered to God without the spirit of the Beatitudes. It is the special vocation of the laity to seek the kingdom of God by engaging in temporal affairs and directing them according to God's will. They live in the world, in each and every one of the world's occupations and callings and in the ordinary circumstances of social and family life, which, as it were, form the context of their existence. There they are called by God to contribute to the sanctification of the world from within, like leaven, in the spirit to the gospel, by fulfilling their own particular duties. Thus, especially by the witness of their life, resplendent in faith, hope, and charity, they manifest Christ to others. It is their special task to illuminate and order all temporal matters in which they are closely involved, in such a way that these are always carried out and develop in Christ's way and to the praise of the Creator and Redeemer. By divine institution, this is section 32, I'm sorry. By divine institution, the Holy Church is directed and governed with a wonderful diversity. For just as in one body we have many members, yet all the members have not the same function, so we, the many, are one body in Christ, but individually members one of another. The chosen people of God is, therefore, one. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. There is a common dignity of members deriving from their rebirth in Christ, a common grace as sons and daughters, a common vocation to perfection, one salvation, one hope, and undivided charity. In Christ and in the church there is, then, no inequality arising from race or nationality, social condition or sex, for there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, 
There is neither male or female for all, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. In the church, not everyone walks along the same path, yet all are called the holiness and have obtained an equal privilege of faith through the justice of God. Although by Christ's will, some are appointed teachers, dispensers of the mysteries and pastors for the others, yet all the faithful enjoy a true equality with regard to the dignity and the activity with which they share in the building up of the body of Christ. The distinction which the Lord has made between the sacred ministers and the rest of the people of God implies union, for the pastors and the other faithful are joined together by a close relationship. The pastors of the church, following the example of the Lord, should minister to each other and to the rest of the faithful. The latter should eagerly collaborate with the pastors and teachers. And so, amid their variety, all bear witness to the wonderful unity in the body of Christ. This very diversity of graces, of ministries, and of works gathers the children of God into one. For all of these things are the work of the one and the same Spirit. As the laity, by divine condescension, have as their brother Christ, who, the Lord of all, came not to be served but to serve, they also have as brothers those who have been placed in the sacred ministry, and who by Christ's authority, through teaching, sanctifying, and ruling, so nourish the family of God, that the new commandment of love may be fulfilled by all. As St. Augustine puts it so very well, When I am frightened by what I am to you, that I am consoled by what I am with you. To you I am the bishop, with you I am a Christian. The first is an office, the second a grace, the first a danger, the second salvation. The, uh, section 33. Gathered together in the people of God and established in the one body of Christ under one head, the laity, whoever they are, are called as living members to apply to the building up of the church and to its continual sanctification all the powers which they have received from the goodness of the Creator and from the grace of the Redeemer. The apostolate of the laity is a sharing in the church's saving mission. Through baptism and confirmation, all are appointed to this apostolate by the Lord himself. Moreover, by the sacraments and especially the sacred Eucharist, that love of God and humanity, which is the soul of the entire apostolate, is communicated and nourished. This next sentence is really important. The laity, however, are given this special vocation to make the church present and fruitful in those places and circumstances where it is only through them that it can become the salt of the earth. Thus all lay people, through the gifts which they have received, are at once the witnesses and the living instruments of the mission of the church itself, according to the measure of Christ's gift. Besides this apostolate, which belongs to absolutely every Christian, the laity can be called in different ways to more immediate cooperation in the apostolate of the hierarchy, like those men and women who help the Apostle Paul in the gospel, working hard in the Lord. They may, moreover, be appointed by the hierarchy to certain ecclesiastical offices which have a spiritual aim. All the laity, then, have the exalted duty of working for the ever greater extension of the divine plan of salvation to all people of every time and every place. Every opportunity should therefore be given them 
to share zealously in the in the salvific work of the church according to their ability and the needs of the time.